Hi, this is Cara Vargas of the WIFL. You are listening to Jonathan Regis and Jim Williams on 24-7 Sports Hub Radio. tired because I am, thanks to lightning strikes last night. I'm your host, Jonathan Raggis. Alongside me, the voice, Jim Williams. Jim. <laughs> uh, hi. Sorry, I just... Uh, it's showtime, Jim. The excitement of Ryan Seacrest leading the cheerleaders onto the field. Which one of these is not like the other? Which one of these just doesn't belong? Can you guess which one is not like the other? By the time I sing this song, Seacrest. But <laughs> well, you love Ryan Seacrest, though, right? About as much as I love uh, getting a vasectomy. Didn't uh, you write on uh, Facebook uh, a few months ago that he's the new uh, Dick Clark? I ought to smack you. <laughs> I ought to. I ought to just. Rochambeau. Did you say you should bring back American Bandstand and put Ryan Seacrest? Well, in? well, they were going to actually. Oh man, if they do that, man, I kill somebody. They were going to, and then, and then Dick took the stroke, and it's just downhill. It's not good, not good. But yes, Ryan Seacrest. Nothing says Thursday night football. Well, we we could have had Carrie Underwood do her little ditty and shake her ass for everybody, but no, we have Ryan Seacrest to to hype the million second quiz. And he roundly got booed, to, so to which I say, good job, Denver. Yay! Oh, they didn't have Snooky out there. Oh, jeez. Please. Well, oh, oh, although, honestly, who's the lesser of the evil? Believe it or not, I'm going to say the lesser of the evil is Snooky. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she she's... All she does is open wide. You know, and, looking at Snooky is like playing with an open wound. Like, he just can't stop poking at it. So... I, I wouldn't. I I wouldn't want to poke a sharp stick at her though. That's you know, or well, a, or a dull stick. This or is a, a, uh, stick. a family friendly show, Jim. Like I could say something, but I I just I can't. This so. is a family friendly show. Yeah, of course. I didn't get the memo when I signed on for this. Hey, read your contract. It's at the bottom in the in the fine print. I don't. I got a contract. You didn't get it. You signed it. I didn't sign a thing. Jameson Williams, I'm looking at it right. You, you don't have you, anyway. Uh, it is a 24/7 Sports Hub Radio. It is a fun Friday. Uh, what do we call these kind of Fridays? It's not Dumbass Friday, although we will have a dumbass. We'll have a dumbass. Absolutely, we will have a dumbass. But it's called. Thank God it's Friday. Okay, well, or thank goodness if you're an atheist. That's you know d- depending on your uh, perspective. Obviously, a lot to talk about. We're going to recap the Thursday night football game from lightning strike to touchdown strikes. Uh, we've got uh, a little baseball news to talk about as well. The dumbass of the week, of which there are a couple, I think, a couple of good candidates. Yeah. And, and through it all, we want you to come in and chime in and reach out and grab us via the phone. 347-237-5373. 347-237-5373. Hey, it's 2013. Long distance is a thing of the past. Just call already. 
You should have Unlimited by now. It's 2013, so... I had it seven years ago with Vonage, and then I switched to Comcast Digital Voice. Smirk. And, Did you call your mother uh, in India? What was that? Did you call your mother in India? Oh, no, that's the Vonage commercial. Sorry. Oh, she... Well, no, but I do call for tech support quite often. So. <laughs> yeah, I did. That, that's why I got rid of Vonage. <laughs> and by the way, uh, click the Skype uh, button on the chat player window thingy, Merbobber, and you can just connect right to us. If you have your thoughts on what we saw Thursday night, anything involving the Red Sox and Yankees, yes, we're going to throw that down your throats against our own will. But it was a good game last night, and anything baseball-related and uh, what have you. But I guess we have to start at the beginning, John, and that would be... Thursday Night Football on NBC, Al and Chris are drunk on TV. Football is back, man. Yes, and uh, seven long months, seven long months uh, of which we had everything and their sister in between. We had a guy get arrested for 85,000 murders, and we also had Tim Tebow cut by two teams. In the same offseason. Uh, well, I mean, do you really count the Jets as a team? Because I'm a Jets fan and I don't even right now, so... Wow, that's that's a stunning admission. That yeah. is, uh, you're going to go to the confession for that? Nah, I'm a Jets fan. I don't need to confess. Well, yeah, you need to we repent. have a lot of sins. You need to repent on that. What was interesting about this game, though, is some of the prelude to it. And I mentioned the Seacrest stuff. But even before Seacrest, you know, did his best, look at me, look at me thing, the Ravens decided to make a bold move. They signed John Harbaugh Mm -hmm. to a multi-year contract extension. Now, keep in mind, this is a Ravens team that has allocated $11 billion already. Okay, more like $120. I exaggerate. uh, To Joe Flacco. Uh, The deal is uh, reportedly uh, about – well, Harbaugh was set to make $4 million this year. That's now going to be about $7 million, which pushes them in the upper echelon, the Belichicks, the Paytons, the <clears throat> time yours. And the contract uh, goes through 2016. Okay, are you okay with this move, first of all? I'm not. All right. I'm not. You know, this is a totally different Baltimore Ravens team. We saw that last night. Uh, yes, John Harbaugh is a good coach, but do you have to give him – you know, give the team the benefit of winning that Super Bowl. They had some good players last year. They don't now. They lost a lot in their roster. Do you really sign a head coach for that much money just because they won the Super Bowl? I would have waited a year, seen what they could do this year under John Harbaugh, and then give an extension if he could take this group of players and lead them to somewhere near the promised land. But I think this is just really far-fetched for the Baltimore Ravens. They need... Weapons on the field. They lost Anquan Bolden. They lost Ray Lewis. They lost Ed Reed. They lost a few other players. They need players on this roster to compete. That's where you put the money. You don't put it in your head coach. What's interesting also is and his contract would have gone until 2014. I would have waited till after the 2014 season as well because then you can gauge just how good the coach is. Yeah. You, you know, the parts he had in place, it was a perfect storm situation, as it often is when you're a championship team. Yeah. You have all the right parts in place. We've we mentioned this before. This team, this 2013 Ravens team, has lost more players than any other prior year Super Bowl champion. Yes, they lost it, a lot of players. Yeah, and we're not just talking a guy who killed somebody and went to ESPN. We're talking role players, like you mentioned, with Bolden <laughs> and, and Reed and what have you. 
this isn't your mother's Ravens team, as it were. Uh, so, you know, we're going to have to see what happens. Granted, the AFC North is a cluster mm-hmm, because, honestly, it's a division this year, the AFC North, where nine wins might take the division on a tie break because the Browns are getting better. The Bengals are always going to be competitive, and the Steelers, though older than molasses, always find a way to to compete. Yeah. And now you've got Baltimore. You've got, like we mentioned, the $120 million tied up to Joe Flacco, which is great. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. He deserves it. But who's he throwing to? And Ray Rice, you can only throw so many times to Ray Rice. Uh, Torrey Smith, uh, whoever else that other guy's. But, you know, like you said, a lot of key losses going down the list. Ed Reed, Bernard Pollard, Paul Kruger, Danell Ellerby, Carrie Williams, uh, the other guy that was on the offense, I can't remember his name right now, but then you have uh, center Matt Burke, Ray Lewis retire, and then you go and trade Anquan Bolden to the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, so just make the, let's just make the team that you beat that much better. So let's give Joe Flacco $120.6 million. Millions of dollars. Chris Canty, good player. Ellis Dumerville, good players. But Dumerville, has he even played a full season? No, I don't think so. I mean, the guy is forever getting injured or coming off an injury. And don't get me wrong, when he's on the field, he's a dynamite player. Yeah, but no doubt. Come on. Come on. You know, it's I, uh, I know. it's nuts. I, 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 I'm sorry. I, I, I don't agree with them uh, given – well, I'm sorry, but Elvis, Elvis Dumerville played a few full seasons, but – uh, you know, I mean, the, the way I see it, he's always injured the guy. So, right, right, absolutely. So, so that that's before the game. Yeah. Let's actually talk about the game. Great game, great, great. Well, game. well, once the lightning let up. Oh, once the lightning let up, and we got about uh, a few minutes away from halftime. That's when it started really picking up. Yeah, it was a tale of of literally two halves. It was very competitive in the first half, back and forth, and then the third quarter. It was all Denver. And ultimately, and hindsight's a beautiful thing, and we being armchair analysts, we can do this. John Harbaugh, the man who makes more millions now, is the man who pretty much screwed his team over last night. <laughs> you go back to that uh, that one play where Manning hooks up with Welker, when Welker, and I, of course, will be biased since he's on one of my fantasy football teams, caught the ball. He caught it. Okay, it, it bounced. It was a bouncer. Yeah. He trapped it. Yeah. And they did not challenge, and they had ample time to challenge. I mean, they didn't exactly rush to the line, per se. Mm-hmm. And that set up a touchdown drive, and the rest, as they say, is history to start the third quarter. That's your difference maker in the game, ultimately. And and from there, Peyton Manning was on cruise control in the second half. The man threw seven touchdowns. Amazing. You know, putting it in perspective, no quarterback in the modern version of football, post-merger 1970, has thrown for seven touchdowns in a game. you got to go back to 1969, and before that I think it's happened maybe five other times in the history of the league. Uh, for those of you who are critics of Peyton Manning, those of you who are saying, oh, well, you know, he's one hit away. And he he he's took playing. some hits last night. Yeah, he shut him up, and he yeah. shut him up damn good. He yeah. was, you know, one of the most impressive lines you will see. 
And yeah, we we've seen quarterbacks throw for 500 yards. We've seen quarterbacks throw for 450 and three or four touchdowns. This is a guy who threw for seven touchdowns. That's a, a once every couple of decades kind of thing. At 37 years old. Yeah, and he's supposed to be past his prime. Give me a break. Honestly, I think he's, you know, from last season and this first game, I think he's playing better than he has over the last six years. I I mean, he's just on fire. But then again, he's not with the Colts. Well, a couple of my friends uh, said it best. Peyton Manning is not human. He is cyborg. And and I think there's something to that because he has found the fountain of youth in in the better part of the last couple of years, uh, rehabbing from injuries, and he's gotten himself in great shape. And it doesn't hurt that he has a pretty good offensive line, and he's got weapons. He's got weapons we didn't even know about. If they, listen, if they get that running game going, I mean, Super Bowl or bust. Uh, well, that's what that's what they're going with. Monty Ball, if he gets on the ball, <laughs> see what I did there, folks. Uh, he, you look out, they will be un. Stoppable. They all not you know, Sean Marino as well. I mean, he's starting sure. there. I mean, you know, nine yeah, carries, yeah, only eight think, yards. So I think Monty Ball's the bigger factor, quite frankly. I, I oh no, I, I absolutely think Monty Ball is going to be the one that shows up in his running back core. But mm-hmm. you know, they got to get something from Sean Marino as well if they're not going to get anything from Monty Ball. No, Ronnie, no, no doubt. Well, no doubt. If you disagree, call in. Gosh darn it. Three four seven two three seven five three seven three. So yeah, forty nine twenty seven. Denver obliterates the. Now of course, some will make the headline. They beat the reigning Super Bowl champions. No, they didn't. They they beat a team that happened to win the Super Bowl. They beat half of the defending Super Bowl champions. Maybe maybe that's even being too generous. I'm not sure. Nah, there's still a lot of guys here, but you know. It is what it is. Flacco, 34 of 62, 362 yards, two <laughs> touchdowns, two interceptions. I mean, so, you know, those, those two interceptions, though, they were right into the hands of a Denver player. Yeah, one of them was like a diving grab, but still, yes, right on target. Interceptions. Well, the thing was, and when you play from behind, you obviously have to throw the ball more. But anytime you throw the ball, say, upwards of 50 times a game, you're in trouble. Yeah. That's just a that's just a known fact. Well, it always seems to be every time you look at a quarterback who has 400 yards, 400 plus yards that they throw for at least three to four, five touchdowns, they're always around that 42 mark. Exactly because they 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 have precision. Yeah. They're they're throwing at a 65 to 75 percent completion percentage rating. Yeah. And uh, quite frankly, it's amazing to me that Flacco didn't have three or four interceptions because uh, how many times. Deceptions if it wasn't for our one dumbass of the week, and that's Danny Trevathan. We'll get to him in a second. What I'm, what I'm getting at when I'm talking about Flacco, there were so many times in that game last night where he was throwing against the grain off his back foot across the field from near side to far side. He was begging to get picked off. Well, that well, the one to Danny Trevathan where he threw it to Ray Rice. I mean, wow. You know, like you just said, jumping off the back foot just trying to get it to somebody. Yeah, I mean, he's trying to get the Sports Center play of the week. It's not going to work. You mentioned Danny Trevathan. Go ahead. I, that, honestly, that was one of the most ridiculous things I think I've seen in an NFL game in quite some time now. Danny Trevathan with just a beautiful pick uh, running into the end zone. What does he do? He gets to the one-yard line, drops it. Drops the ball before he goes into the touchdown zone, starts to celebrate. But you know what the bad part about this is, Jim? Yes. Is that what happens there, Captain Wesley Woodyard, linebacker, 
runs up to the ball to try to pick it up to make it a touchdown, instead gets clipped from behind by another player, injures his knee. Mm. He's already questionable for next week now. So not only does Danny Trevathan screw up, no interception, no touchdown, a touchback, Baltimore gets the ball back, but their captain, very good linebacker Wesley Woodyard, ends up getting injured. So That wasn't the only interesting injury in the game, though. You go back to the early stages of this game. <laughs> Jacoby Jones, who is a prominent player on the 2013 Baltimore Ravens squad. Let's not kid ourselves. Number no two receiver, kick returner. No doubt about it. He gone with a sprain, hyperextended right knee. Why? Well, you know, I'm not a smart man, but but when you're on punt coverage, okay, when you're on punt coverage, you're not supposed to hit the guy who you're trying to block for. <laughs> I, I'm not a smart man. I could never play the game. I can barely play Madden, okay? I, I, I'm not a smart man. You just don't do that. Well, Brendan Trawick who, if he isn't cut, I don't know why, collided with Jones uh, as he was preparing to field a punt, and uh, the instant replay show Jones' knee hyperextended. He slammed his helmet to the turf, uh, pretty much saying, Fud Rucker, you, to Mr. Trawick. Oh, no doubt about it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it's a, it's a, another loss on the special team side of things, and, even- and to us certain extent to the offense. Oh, no, no doubt about it. No Bolden. Who do you got? Jacoby Jones steps up. He started at the wide receiver slot last night. So that's absolutely going to hurt the offense as well as the offense from the special team side of the ball. So, just I mean, com- it was just... Comedy you know, of errors. What was that? It, it was a comedy of errors oh, last it, night. It was a comedy of errors last night from both sides of teams, though. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen quite a few errors, uh, you know, even on that punt return where, you know... Fair catched it, and the guy just stopped, looked around, and what happened? The ball bounced behind him, and he had to turn around and run back after the ball. You know, you know these are common plays in the NFL. You should know how to watch a ball, how to cover the field. And what Brandon Trawick did last night, uh, it's ridiculous, man. So right there, last night, two dumbasses of the week so far. But we have another candidate. You you sent me this before the show. <laughs> oh, man. You know, the print medium, the print medium of journalism is dying a not-so-slow but very arduous death. And something like this speeds it up. Yes. Let's let's go to Columbus, Ohio for this. Set it up for me. Well, we got a couple of uh, tweets last night from Rhonda Dixon. We have one from Ben Marison. Uh, you know, actually, Ben Marison is the dispatch editor, I just found out. Oh, oh no. The Columbia Dispatch, they want to write about the Denver Broncos game last night. Why? Because... They're a Colorado newspaper, and uh, they're very happy, happy about the Denver Broncos and Peyton Manning throwing seven touchdowns last night. But we set it up with this. The title of their article last night, John Elway throws seven touchdown passes. Oh, my God. John Elway's damn good. Ben Marison, dispatch editor, says, The definition of a bad morning, seeing this headline, and I knew – wait, seeing this headline, I knew Elway was good, but not that good. You know what Elway was doing last night, and they, you could take a shot every time they uh, they pointed to him in the booth with the cameras. He was sipping on a Diet Coke, and he was using $10 binoculars. And he threw seven touchdown passes. And he threw seven touchdowns. Unbelievable. <laughs> you know, 
Only in America. Jim, I've been right now for various websites, various blogs, a couple of magazine publications over the years uh, for around the last 11 to 12 years. I know when I write, when I did stuff for magazines, there was a lot of people that looked at it before I went into that magazine. How many people you really think looked at this huge title that says, Elway throws seven touchdown passes, and it still got past all of those people. Well, you know what it comes down to also? The day and age we live in, and I know people who work in print journalism, there are fewer uh, stopgap measures, shall we say. There are fewer editors in place to make sure that you know stuff like this falls through the cracks. It doesn't happen as much because everything is streamlined. We need the minimum number of personnel because nobody buys the papers. They go online and uh, boom goes the dynamite in this case. Doomassery, if you will. Oh, yeah, that's just, I mean, crazy. Look at it before you print it. John Elway threw seven touchdown passes last night. Yeah, I, I, he probably could have against that defense, um, to be fair. <laughs> I think I could have threw uh, at least three touchdown passes last night. And I could have ran for a couple. <laughs> and... Uh, you, well, know what you, I you, you could definitely run better than no Sean Marino and Monty Ball last night. Well, it? Monty Ball, not as much. He wasn't that bad. But uh, yeah, Come on, man. Eight carries, 20, 20 yards, man. That's Yeah, I mean, and let it be said, I mean, this is we're not going to crown their asses in the words of... Uh, it's the first game, so... Exactly. We're not going to go Denny Green. You want to crown them, crown their asses. No, we're not doing that. It's uh, uh, the defense has something to be desired at times. I mean, when you give up... Almost 30 points, that's always a little bit of a question mark. But, you know, Peyton looked good. Peyton looked good. He looked real good. All right, let's go keep with the football train now. We have to talk about Tim Tebow. Do we have to? We have to. Do I? Wait, wait a minute. Do you do you confuse me for Skip Bayless? Yes, I do. I don't have my pom-poms. Oh, Tebow, ow, ow. Well, if you're a skip, I'll be screaming Steven. But no, let's go to... Uh... Slava Mepadanko. <laughs> you New York Knicks. <laughs> you know what I missed? Before you, before you go forward, you talk about Stephen A. Smith. I don't know if you saw this on YouTube. The Stephen A. Smith Society of Gentlemen Heckling or something like that, they, they would have this little black sock puppet, and they would go to the NBA draft, and they would heckle Stephen A. Smith. It is the funniest stuff you will ever see. Yeah, I gotta see that. I've never seen that before. And the interviews where they try to get Joe Kim Noah. It's Joe Kim Noah, I'm Stephen A. Smith, and you see this little puppet try to be Stephen A. Smith. It's it's uh it's amazing. It's legendary. Hilarious stuff. All right, man. Let's. <laughs> but, but let's. let's I gotta look into that. I, I definitely have to look at that. Tim Tebow released by two teams, cut by two teams. Uh, this NFL offseason by the New York Jets, by the New York Patriots. Well. Well, now we have uh, a little bit of news here that Tim Tebow refused an inquiry from a NFL team because they asked him to play a different position. Um, Jim, I got two questions for you. Okay. If you were Tim Tebow, you're out of the NFL. I know you want to be a quarterback, but this could be an opening for you to become a quarterback for another team by taking a position change. Would you do it? You know, I, I, here's the way I'm going to answer the question. In life and in the ra- in the radio business, which I've been in off and on for the better part of 10 years, you have to do odd jobs to be able to get what you want. To be an on-air person, you have to do some sales. You have to do the grunt work that is not glamorous. 
Absolutely. before you get to the prize spot. Same thing here. In this instance, you have to be a tight end. You have to be a running back. You, you Since you're a master of no trade, you should be a jack of all trades if you're Tim Tebow. So if I was in this spot, absolutely. I would. I would... Anybody who gives me the time of day, considering, you know, everybody else has kicked me to the curb, I got to do something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know what? You really want to – I mean, me as a former basketball player, Jim. You played basketball. My dream was always to be a professional basketball player. Sometimes I dream that he is me. I knew I was going to make it to the NBA because I just – you know, didn't like school, so I was like, maybe I could play overseas. You never know. It's happened before. Knee injuries, I can't do it. I would kill to be in the NBA right now as anything, you know? If I can't be a small forward, hey, you know what? I wouldn't mind man in the 12th position on the bench. Not much small about you, man. You're you're, you're kind of a big dude. Well, yeah, but NBA standards... Okay, point taken. I can play a little shooting guard, maybe a little small forward if I had to. But point taken. But you know, I, I listen. If they said, "Listen, we're going to sign you, but you're going to be the guy on the bench that probably doesn't get into any games." Hey, listen, I want to be in the NBA. I'll sign because who knows? Maybe a few injuries. You can't sign anybody else. I might get a chance to play three or four minutes. Mm-hmm. Why not, Tim Tebow? Why wouldn't you take the position change? Because you never know. A quarterback might go down. You might get a job with that team as the quarterback. But now my other question to you now, Jim, is three teams. I want you to name three teams. Who do you think it was that wanted Tim Tebow to change positions and play for them? Hmm. Could it have been one of the teams that cut him? I don't think so. Because honestly, that sounds like a New England directive to me. I think if New England was going to keep him, especially after getting rid of guys like Jake Ballard, where they desperately need tight ends, they would have kept Tim Tebow and tried to force him to change positions since he had a contract. Well, the one team that comes to my mind immediately is Jacksonville, just because the love affair. I mean, it it would have been the greatest public relations hit in the history of football. Agree. I mean, Mr. Florida Gator coming home, and I'm I'm so excited. I'm so excited to be here. It's just, he's always so excited. Uh, Jacksonville's one one team that comes to mind. I can't really think of anybody off the top of my head. Do you have a couple of uh, teams to hypothesize here? Jacksonville is definitely one of my teams. Um, I'm going to go throw it out there right now. Uh, I'm, I'm Long shot because if it leaks and it happens to be the team that I picked, I look like the big guy. If it doesn't, well, then whatever, I guess. Um, I'm going to say the Dallas Cowboys is my second team hmm. going after him. My third team, and I'm going with a just – a real, real long shot here. I'm going with Kansas City. I uh, I think he's a good ball player. Um, I like his upside. Um, and also, uh, if he comes on our team, we have uh, uh, the God Squad on our side, and uh, that's kind of important. <clears throat> Time's yours. Andy Reid loves himself some Tim Tebow. But listen, you know. He loves himself some him. Casey Masterpiece more, but regardless. <laughs> so that Jim Ross barbecue sauce? <laughs> Stone cold! No. <laughs> Fuck well, uh, no, that's Oklahoma. This is Missouri, so and <laughs> there you go, man. Not, not exactly the same. But listen, uh, you know, let me let me dissect that. Dallas makes sense a little bit because uh, it's Jerry Jones, and he's all about. Why I picked Dallas? It's Jerry Freaking Jones. Yeah, why uh, Jerry Jerry Jones. Why I picked Kansas City because it's Andy Freaking Reed. Yeah, Andy Reed has a thing with nurturing people. Uh, he is a father figure. 
Um, <laughs> there's, a joke, there's a joke there. I'm not going there. I'm not that heartless. Uh, Father figure to Ronald McDowell and Dave Thomas. <laughs> yeah, one of whom is dead and the other is a clown. Need one say more. But enough about that. Um, oh, but, but then again, look, you said Tebow says he will still be in a relentless pursuit to continue in his NFL dream as, uh, you know. Oh, so he's I, like Lexus, the relentless, the, 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 the relentless, relentless pursuit of perfection. Quarterback. Not an NFL player, Jim, an NFL That's the problem. That's the yeah. problem. He cannot be an NFL quarterback. He isn't. He can't be. How many times have we seen over the course of the annals of history, yeah. college football, great college football players, Heisman Trophy caliber, mm. college football players come to the pros and stink to join up? Well, let me ask you this, though. Do you give him any props for – I mean, he said he would only come back if he was a quarterback. So do you give him any props for standing up for that? or? No. No, I don't because – to make it in this world, and thats I'm not just talking about the football world. I'm talking the world in general. You've got to stick and move. You've got to adapt and change. You've got to be a chameleon. And he is one-dimensional. Well, he, we know that doesn't apply to the sports world, though. Well, no. Well, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. This is, a guy, this is a guy, Tim Tebow, who, you know, he knows his limitations. Deep down, you know he knows his limitations. Yeah. You know, and we saw them in his last preseason outing. He cannot throw the ball with with precision accuracy. He can he's upside. He can run. He can motivate a team. He is your he is your motivational. He is the Anthony Robbins of your football team. <laughs> Personal power, baby. That is what he is. Caused. You know, it, it's you've got to be able to adapt and change. Yeah, that's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, he had a chance to become an NFL player again, and guess what? He's not. So, And, and the Canadian Football League laughs at him. They don't want anything to do with him. USA Rugby even came calling for him. I'd like to see him play Aussie Rules football. Yeah. Just to see him get knocked the freak out. Yeah. And plus, I love Aussie Rules football. It's a beautiful sport. It is a beautiful sport. Yes, it is. Well, we're uh, 30 minutes into the show here. If you want to call in and talk about anything that we have spoken about today or you want to bring something else up to Jim and myself, give us a call, 347-237-5373. But, Jim, we're going to stick with football yet again. Be dialing people. It is football season, so we have to. And uh, we're going to go back to something we spoke about here on the old show uh, many, many times, and it's with the whole Washington Redskins name again. And we have an American Indian tribe in upstate New York, uh, in uh, Oneida, um, they're going to put up a audio commercial uh, Monday night during the uh, Redskins and Philadelphia Eagles Monday night game. We have the 60-second commercial here, Jim, but before we get to that, where do you stand with the whole thing? Should the Redskins change their name, or do you think it's just just let it go already? Okay. I have a couple of perspectives on this. My family, uh, my father's side, God rest his soul, uh, was part Cherokee. In fact, uh, my my grandfather was, I think, half Cherokee or maybe even full-blooded. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so there's some Indian in my blood, shall we say. And I understand that. I understand, you know, trying to protect the, the honor of your tribe, and I understand all of that. That's all well and good. I'm all for that. By the same token... They're not going to change, and they don't have to change per se. Yeah, it, you know, uh, Peter King, 
you know, respected, quote-unquote respected football analyst. He is not going to use the term Redskins on his blog this season. Yeah. Uh, the Monday morning quarterback blog he does. Uh, Whoop-de-doo, he just got himself free publicity. That's all that is. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've, we've, we heard the uh, talk, and you mentioned it on the old version of the show, about instead of the Redskins, the Red Tails. That'll fly over like a wet one in church. It's not going to happen. And what you're going to hear in this ad, when we play it in a second, they are comparing the concept of Redskins, the name Redskins being offensive to the Indian uh, uh, tribe, to what Riley Cooper said about black people at a Kenny Chesney concert. There was no drunken rage, I don't think, when, I'm not defending Riley Cooper, I condemn him for what he said, don't get me wrong, but I don't think they decided, the people 80-some-odd years ago, when they decided on a team name, I don't think they were in a drunken stupor at a concert. Uh, what kind of concert would it be? Some sort of big band thing? I don't know. <laughs> Two like, oh, let's just call them Redskins, that's what it is. Uh, you know, there are inherent names in yeah. in sports that are just wrong. I mean, the Braves, the Indians, you know, the Seminoles. Uh, what what should happen instead is you know make some peace, allocate some money if you're if you're Daniel Snyder to some of these local uh, native tribes. There you go. Huh? You know, you huh? compensate. After all, for God's sakes, we took their land. Um. We well, being playing football on their land right now. So well, <laughs> exactly. It's you know, it's but they, there's no but, right or wrong answer to this. There, there really isn't. There, there's not. But like you said, they you know they should all be able to get together and come up with some sort of solution, something compensatory, to cure yes. it. You know, why not? Uh, you know, do some kind of football camps with nothing but Native American children. You know, do exactly. You know, do something. Do some charity events. Hold Native American night. I mean, we have Latin night. Why can't we have a Native American night at these games? You go to the Phillies games, there's nights for every ethnicity known to man. Same with the Mets. I mean, why can't we have a Native American night for the Cleveland Indians, for the Washington Redskins, for the Atlanta Braves? It's one night. And I hate to say it, but, you know, watching them do their dances, listening to the drums, learning a little bit about Native American history, I think that's something that people in this country should do. Why not? Exactly. Further the cause. That's how you further the cause. This ad, not so much. Yeah. yeah, let's get to it right now. Here we go. When a Philadelphia Eagles player used a racial slur to describe African Americans, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell did the right thing. He said that racial language is, quote, obviously wrong, insensitive, and unacceptable. I'm Ray Helbritter of the United Indian Nation, a proud sponsor of the NFL. I applaud Mr. Goodell for his actions. He is absolutely right. This kind of bigotry has no place in America. Now with the Philadelphia Eagles playing Washington in the NFL's first Monday night football game, the commissioner has the opportunity to stand up to bigotry again. He can denounce the racial slur in the team name of the Washington Redskins. That word, Redskins, is not a harmless term. The commissioner can and should use the same words he used to describe the Eagles player because the term Redskins is obviously wrong, insensitive, and unacceptable. We do not deserve to be called Redskins. We deserve to be treated as what we are, Americans. Americans. And I'm proud to be an American. All right. You know, so, like I said, 
they okay, okay. to come together and figure something out because this is something that's just going to keep going and going. I mean, you know, Snyder's not going to change the name of the team without some kind of incentive. I mean, he's not going to change apparel. He's not going to change jersey. There's too much money at stake. There is. A high school team did it. The tribe owns a uh, casino outside of New York, so they have money. Yeah. So there was a uh, team, uh, an, an area high school team in New York that changed their name from the Redskins to the Hawkeyes. So what did the tribe do? They turned around and bought them all new jerseys and equipment. Yeah, yeah, okay. He you know, to change their name. So here, here is also something that's damning. A big dollar, you know, a, a lot more money right. when you're talking about a professional NFL team. So. There's one other thing about this ad that, that kind of gets me a little bit. You know how often, like, a local supermarket or a local car dealership or whatever, in advance of, say, the Super Bowl, they will do their big game sale and that kind of stuff because they can't say Super Bowl. They can't say NFL. They can't say the football team name. Yeah. These guys are just saying the Philadelphia Eagles, the Washington Redskins, the NFL, Roger Goodell. Couldn't, in theory, Roger Goodell slap a and d on their asses just for even breaking, bringing their names up? In theory, you know, I I I really wonder that when we got into this the last time, there was a uh, a law student that was filing a lawsuit against the uh, NFL and Major League Baseball. I reached out uh, to them, never got a response. I wanted to get them on it, but that's you know that's that's a question I think we would need to ask somebody that knows more of the legality of. I think we could get that too, so I guess we should just let that be. I, I don't know. Now you know, I see, but the way they're doing, they're not attacking. In my mind, you know. I, well, well, you should get rid of this. You should get. That's not attacking. I no, I don't think so. No, I, I don't think so. They're, they're, you know, they're really. Listen, they came out asking first, and nobody's really listened to them. So now they're getting a little bit rougher around the edges with it. But I don't see them attacking. You know, it's not like they say, "Oh, the NFL's, you know, uh, a, you know, a piece of crap." They need, you know, they're 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 racist beyond belief. They're not. They're saying there's a couple of team names that you know that are hurtful to them. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, listen, that radio ad could have been a lot worse. Sure. It really could have been. It, to, to me, the radio ad wasn't anything hurtful. It wasn't really anything that attacked us. So I don't think that they could put a C&D on them. I, I, it I, could I, have I, also I, been better produced, but yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. Don't get me wrong. But, Maybe. you know, like I said, I, I think they all need to sit down. I think the Snyders in the NFL, you know, the Cleveland Indians, the Braves in Major League Baseball, they need to sit down with these tribes and say, listen, what can we do to rectify this if we don't change our name? Is there anything that we could do to bring Native American history to the people of the, you know, to the fans of these leagues and the people of this country? Mm-hmm. Why not? Because I hate to say it, grab anybody off the street, ask them something Native American, I guarantee you they don't know it. Or, yeah, they'll say the wrong thing or they'll even say something inappropriate because they don't know any better. Or they'll know it from the old Westerns. Which oh yes, I have to say Native Americans exactly. They'll, they'll be like, stupid. Yeah, no. Sitting Bull and Tonto, or they'll know it from cartoons for God's sake. I remember when this Caucasian actor played a Native American and they put brown, you know, bronze on him. You know, uh, it's it is what it is. But it's sad, is what it is. That's I think they need to get together, stop getting this out into the public, hash it out. Exactly. Talk it out, hug it out, make it happen. Because lawsuits ain't going to do anything but just cause more problems, which, I hate to say it, we don't need in this day and age. we got enough problems. So. Exactly. I mean, this is uh, what's the first thing that we as a society do in this day and age? We sue. 
Oh, coffee was spilled. When I went to McDonald's, I went through the drive-thru. But I'm going to sue you because you didn't have the proper cup holder. No, you're the idiot that spilled it. So sorry, tough nougats. Yeah, I, I just... the society we live in. Our first action and our first recourse on everything. Sue, 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 sue. Studio. I'm trying to find who the uh, person was um, that did the lawsuit against the Redskins in the NFL to change the name. Oh, uh, I, I, Amanda Blackhorse was her That's name. That's right. Amanda Blackhorse. I just found it, but uh, I'm gonna we're gonna try to reach out to her again. I like to get her point of view on it. You know, and if you're Native American and you are listening, uh, it would be an honor to have you call at three four seven two three seven five three seven three and. You know, let us know what you think. Do you think it's uh, hurtful that the Washington Redskins are called the Redskins? Do you think the Cleveland Indians have an Indian mascot with a red face? I mean, is that hurtful to you? Let us know, and uh, it would I mean, be worth enough. I'll tell you the thing, and I'm I'm only giving a hypothesis here and a theory. When you get down to it, I don't think most – I think the majority of, of Native Americans could care less. Well, I think the ones that are – Still living on the lands in the tribes and live an everyday Native American life. I think those are the people that really care. And and right, and I understand that. I do. That are a quarter Native American and a lot less that are at football games wearing Redskins jerseys. I I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to say the word assimilate, but it kind of fits those who have become part of you know the melting pot that is this country. Probably don't think you know. That we it's see, the worst thing in the world. We see that in every ethnic background. So. Exactly. There's exactly. No so. All right, man. We got a little uh, less than twenty minutes left. Monday. Monday's going to be a very, very good show for us, Jim. Uh, well, uh, we're going to have uh, former NBA player Malik Allen playing the Miami Heat, the New Jersey Nets, now the Brooklyn Nets, the Chicago Bulls. Uh, was in the league for eleven to twelve years, so he's going to come on to talk about NBA his career, and also his newest venture, In Recruit, at InRecruit.com. What is oh. it? Tune in on Monday to find out. It's going to be oh, a good well, There you go. Well played. Well played. <laughs> Should be interesting. Always good to have uh, former athletes on the, the big-time program here. Absolutely. So it's um, time now for baseball. Jim? Certainly. Uh, now, where do you want me to go? You want me to go to last night's big game? Oh, uh, let's talk. Let's talk about everybody's favorite rivalry, the greatest rivalry in the history of sports, as ESPN will tell you, the Sox and the Yanks. Okay? This was a great game, though, that won extra innings. The Boston Red Sox winning the game 9-8. to And why did it happen? Because the man Joe Girardi wants to come back. You know, this retirement tour, put it, put, Mo, put it on hold. Because because you are so invaluable to the team, so invaluable that in the last two months he's blown six saves. Forty three year old Mariano Rivera. <laughs> Mariano Rivera, and I have all the respect in the world for him, but he knows his body better than anybody. Yes. Rivera blew a save in the ninth inning. Stephen Drew with a game tying single off the all time save leader with two outs in the ninth. Shane Victorino, the flying Hawaiian, with the uh, go ahead single in the tenth for the Bow Sox. And uh, they won that game 9-8, to eight, fattening their lead in the American League East to six and a half games. Uh, we're starting to talk magic numbers here almost, which is always fun. Uh, big game there, and it's the beginning of a four-game set between uh, the two squads in New York this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, very light night on the baseball side of things Thursday night. Uh, the Royals 
beat Seattle in 13 innings. The Royals still keeping pace in the American League wildcard discussion. Matter of fact, they may be if they play their cards right, they're going to overtake Cleveland for second place in the division nice. this weekend. Kind of hard to believe. Baltimore was victorious over the White Sox. The Reds beat the Cardinals in another series where the NL Central beats the living bejesus out of each other. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays falling off the face of the earth. They're second place by a wing and a prayer with bubblegum and duct tape. They've, they're three and seven in their last ten games. They're below 500 on the road. And where did they go last night? The Big A, Los Angeles, Halo Land, Mike Troutland. Can't catch Trout, greatest player in the history of baseball. Okay, I'll stop. Sorry, but uh, but but the Rays now six and a half back of Boston. Boston's starting to take over on cruise control. John Farrell has done a masterful job with the Red Sox this year. But before the season, on my baseball podcast, Touch 'Em All, which is now available on CLW83.com. Tune in. The uh, it's not funny. That's not funny. I got a shill, boy. I got a shill. We made our predictions, and I thought Boston was going to be dead last because, you know, new manager, uh, you, you've got a new core of players that are trying to gel. It's one of the pleasant surprises uh, in baseball this year that Boston is so successful. So uh, there's that. Uh, and John's like, mm, he's shilling again, so I don't want to talk to him. Uh, but, uh, okay, let's let's go over the standings here quickly. Boston leads by six and a half over... Uh, <clears throat> Over the Tampa Bay Rays by nine over the Yankees, nine and a half over Baltimore and Toronto. See you next year. Let's talk hockey. Detroit leads over Cleveland in the Central by six and a half and by eight over Kansas City. Uh, by the way, we have uh, one, two, three teams officially out of the running for the postseason. Those teams are Houston, the White Sox, and the Marlins. They are officially. Well, well, we just want to say they are officially golfing. Yes. I think Houston was official at the first week of the season. <laughs> well, the well, they're seven they're seven losses rather shy of a hundred losses. So go go Houston. Jesus. In the American League West, it's deadlocked between Texas and Oakland. Uh, or I take that back. Oakland is uh, trailing by all of a half game, and uh, yeah, that's that's going to be fun to watch in the final couple of weeks. Atlanta leads by fourteen over Washington in the National League East, the NL Central, Pittsburgh. Still doing it. They're holding their own. Everybody's been beating each other up. Uh, no team in the last 10 games is above 500 uh, in the National League Central. Pittsburgh, 5-5 five and five in the last 10. The Cardinals, 4-6 and six in the last 10. Cincinnati, 5-5 five and five in the last 10. The separation between Pittsburgh and Cincinnati for first to third is three games. And out west, the Dodgers rule. Everybody else rules, leading by a dozen games. And, uh, of course, the biggest story with the Dodgers, Vin Scully will be the Grand Marshal of this coming uh, January's Tournament of Roses Parade. That's a beautiful thing. There you go. So now where would we stand today if the uh, playoffs were started? If the playoffs started today, the Phillies, still out of it. (laughs) No. um, Boston, Detroit, Texas are your division leaders and champions of the American League uh, side of things. Your wild card teams would be Oakland and Tampa Bay. Now let's go through the four contending teams. The Yankees, 10 games over 500 or just two and a half games back. So a big series against Boston. They can take the remaining three games in this series. That was a big, big loss for them then last night. Yeah, it was crucial. It yeah. was crucial because, I mean, realistically, you can't. You, I mean, they are mathematically still possible for winning the division. Yes. But 
they got a little wild card here. Wild card here, no yeah. doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Yankees two and a half back in the wild card. Baltimore is three back, as are the Cleveland Indians, and Kansas City, who is as hot as Oakland, uh, seven and three in their last ten, and doing it uh, in come from behind fashion. Four and a half back in the wild card. I'm really, you know, Kansas City's strength of schedule the rest of the season. Is is probably the best of the four, so you can't rule Kansas City out just yet. Which uh, which I'm all for. I'm all for quote unquote small market teams playing competitive baseball. There I love you go. It. I love it. I love it. In the National League, as as I mentioned uh, eighty five thousand times already in the two weeks we've done this show, it's decided. The East to the Braves, the Central to either Pittsburgh, St. Louis, or Cincinnati. The Dodgers get the West, and the other two teams in the Central are your wildcard teams because the only uh, teams in the discussion, Arizona and Washington on the outside, are seven games back, and it would take uh, a, a catastrophic earthquake or tsunami to change things. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's that bad off. It, it's that. So so what we're looking at, if you're if you're a baseball fan or you want to jump into the fray with a pennant chase, you look at primarily two races. You look at the AL West, and you look at the um, well. Okay, three races: the AL West, the AL Wild Card, and the National League Central, because uh, that's where the fun is right now. And Pittsburgh still tonight can make history. They are at 81 wins. They have the chance. Should they be fortunate enough, if they beat, and uh, the the Buckos are on the road in St. Louis, so not easy. If they take one more, one out of three, just one out of the rest of the season, they will have their first winning season since 1992. There you go. So that's been some fun things. And I have bloviated long enough on baseball. So. Yeah. So now I guess it's uh, time to talk hockey because – Oh, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, we got uh, the hockey, uh, you know. Hey, listen, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. You're excited. Feel these nipples. Not right now, man. Maybe later. Uh, that's okay. Well, oh, let's uh, jump into it <laughs> real quick. The Calgary Flames. Yesterday, a little bit of news coming out of Calgary. Calgary Flames hiring Brian Burke, <laughs> new president of hockey operations, team president. And oh, oh, God. It's Brian Burke. Oh, He's down in Toronto. Is he going to set an actual flame to the yeah. is what I want to know. Oh, man. You, you know, talk about setting your franchise back by a dozen or so years. Um, well, actually, back then they were actually competitive. I shouldn't say that. This is a team that's rebuilding. There's no more Jerome McGinley. Yeah. Easter is gone. This, this is a team that is going to be at the bottom of the Western Conference. That's a foregone conclusion. And, uh, well, okay. The Flames had about three strikes against them already. One, they got rid of, like you said, again, Lynn, their star players. Number two, they're in Canada, so they can't compete with American teams financially. And now they throw Brian Burke into this. Uh, it's sad. It's sad. Yeah. You know, the, the people in Calgary deserve better. And this schmuck who has napalmed how many franchises? The Maple Leafs? He killed the Whalers, for God's sakes. And now he's doing this. He's like the uh, Jeffrey Loria of hockey. Man, they got to bring the Whalers back. I miss the Whalers. Some of us, I, I do too. It's Nordiques, but that's not his fault. I love the W. The W logo. Very cute. W logo. But, you know, it's... 
I don't know. I think they should have gone into a completely different direction other than hiring Brian Burke. I mean, listen, Brian Burke is a smart guy. I just think he's just he told himself NHL is what it used to be. Right. You know, and I think that's what a lot of old guys. Um, they should have went in a different direction. They should have hired somebody a little younger that knows the you know what's going on today. Um, just because he's a big name, it's Calgary. They bring him in. He's they the biggest all, name Calgary has. They have a lot of work to do in Calgary. Like we said, they lost their big, big names in Jerome McGinley. They lost, uh, what you call it, Jay Bowmeister. Mm-hmm. They still have Mika Kiprasoft. He's Asian. He's almost done. Mike Camilleri is there. Uh, Michael Backlund, Curtis Glenrose, uh, Glenn Cross, uh, Yuri Hurdler is still there. Matt Stajan signed with them. Lee Stepniak. So they got some names. But it's not going to be the names that are going to do anything good for Calgary. Uh, I honestly, Kang Kang and, and and Calgary don't know what they were thinking. But I know they Toronto's happy. Simply put, they were not thinking. No, they weren't thinking. Got a couple of uh, retirements. One a number. One a player. Uh, Canucks are set to uh, retire Pavel Bure's number. The Russian Rocket. Going to retire his number on November 2nd in a game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Long overdue. Long, long, long overdue. Vancouver, what in the hell is wrong with you that you're doing it in 2013? It should have been done a long time ago, and it belongs up there with Marcus Naslin and uh, Trevor Linden's number. Agreed. So, Agreed. I enjoyed, going back to my youth, I enjoyed playing as Pavel Bure many a time on NHL 99. Oh. Always, always a great Let's player. Say, Pavel Bure came to the Rangers ecstatic. He put up monster numbers in the very short time he was there. Of course, knee injuries made him retire. And then you look at it and say, wow, if the Rangers had a healthy Bure that season, what could have happened? I mean, it would have been a big boost. They possibly could have made it to the Stanley Cup Finals that year, and it's a damn shame. But it is. congratulations to Pavel Bure. Totally, totally deserving it. His number belongs in the rafters. Yeah, very deserving, and uh, you'll, you'll get no argument here. I'm with you completely. Yeah. Peter Nedved. You know mm-hmm. Peter Nedved real well, Jim. Yeah. He will be retiring after this season in, I don't even know what league he is in. Uh-huh. But it just announced that after this season, he's finally going to retire 41-year-old Peter Nedved. I like Nedved with the Rangers. Yeah, I he, he was he was serviceable. He was a good role player, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, listen, I don't like who they traded for him. Yeah, but whatever. They got Peter Nedved, and uh, I liked him. So uh, you know, no, you know, congratulations to him on a uh, very good and long career. He's been around since uh, 1990. So, mm-hmm. what is this you just sent me over here? Well, let me explain this because I, I I was just checking Facebook, and then this comes up. This is from uh, the on uh, from the Great White North of Canada. Speaking of hockey. But we think of uh, Canada as like tertiary sport because, as we all know, hockey is not the first sport in Canada. That's lacrosse, and it all comes back to the Native Americans. So it all comes full circle. No, um, this is this is going into the realm of the wussification of sports. <laughs> so I'm going to read this uh, specific uh, verbatim. It's from uh, the CBC. A. With the growing concern over the effects of competition in youth sports programs this summer, many Canadian soccer associations eliminated the concept of keeping score. 
Uh, one such is the Soccer Association of Midlake in Ontario, but they went one further. They removed the ball from all youth soccer games and practices. Now, according to the spokesperson of the association, Helen Dabney Quill, quote, by removing the ball, it's absolutely impossible to say, quote, this team won and, quote, this team lost or, quote, this child is better at soccer than that child, end quote. Uh, we want our children to grow up learning that sport is not about competition. Rather, it's about your imagination. If you imagine you're good at soccer, then you are. Thank you. That's how I feel, man. That's it's it's ridiculous. A, a sport is supposed to teach kids how to be a teammate, also how to be competitive, but also how to be competitive in the right way. And it's also about humility. Exactly. Because in life you don't always win. In life you win some, you lose some. And you know, let me let me go back to my youth for a moment. I I grew up as one of the more sensitive people in the world, and I took losing hard. Uh, hell, when it came to my report card, I cried if I got a B on my report card. Yeah. That's the kind of uh, wuss I was growing up. And hey, my parents would have been happy if I got a B. Well, well, you know, different standards, right? <laughs> but but no, but it's those little failings or little undoings that help shape you as a person. The wussification of sports and society continues with this. I mean, you know, it's it's part of the everybody gets a cookie society mentality that we have. And listen, I have two special needs brothers, uh, both who are autistic. Uh, God love them. They they mean the world to me. But they have to learn losing too in this world. But uh, you know what? I, I mean, I, I have nephews that are autistic, and I know many people that have children that are autistic. And let me tell you, you know. It's, it's a, at a young age with it's, them. I understand that. It's, I don't want to say it's hard to control them, but they need something to get that energy out. Right, and, and this is a good way to do it. for them. Exactly, and plus, you're kicking air. Yeah. You are kicking air. And how can you not keep score if you kick the invisible ball and the invisible? I, this just is so mind-numbingly stupid. Let me tell you, uh, a little over two minutes left here, uh, real quick. I I coach my nephew's uh, basketball team last okay. season, uh, and it was for some weird, weird-ass league I've never heard of. Uh, it, it was at a church. Uh, I played CYO my whole life. Okay. I played CYO is a very highly competitive league. And this league was uh, like 12 fouls, and you were finally out of the game. Oh, no scores, and couldn't do nothing. And it was ridiculous. I hated coaching this league because if I tried to get them to do a pick and roll or a zone or box out, the referees would look at you like you were an idiot. Well, oh, speaking of idiots, i got to get this in quickly because I mentioned it pre-show. Mike Missinelli, idiot. He went on Twitter, uh, this was uh, last night during uh, the Thursday night game, and he called out Michelle Beadle of uh, NBC, saying, quote, Is it out of line to point out the pounds around Michelle Beadle's middle? To which Beadle, in her epic greatness, replied, Work harder, bro, and yeah, I had to Google you. First of all, Michelle Beadle's smoking hot. She's awesome at what she does. And Mike Missinelli's a tool bag, and that's the nicest way I can put it for for Missinelli. Unbelievable. So, People. Talk about dumbass of the week right there. Oh, man, I tell you, man, so that's another uh, dumbass of the week here. We had four today. We had four dumbasses. That that's a record. Be, 
That's a that's a quad box of dumbass. So how are you spending your weekend very quickly? Having fun. Yes. Red zone, baby. Red zone it up in football. But before we do leave, once again, we'll see everybody on Monday, 12 p.m. Eastern time, as we are joined by former NBA player Malik Allen. That's right. It's going to be some good time. So, for Jim Williams, I'm Jonathan Ragus. Have fun watching football this weekend, and we'll get back to you with all the recaps on Monday as well. Invisible balls. Try them. (laughs) Have a good weekend.